Hey everybody, I'm Chad, and this is I Want to Know, and I'm here with my friend, Lee Boy Russell Lockhart. Greetings. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing awesome. <laughs> you had to know that I was going to introduce you that way, did you not? No, no, I was a little concerned about uh, how you were going to introduce me, and yeah. even more concerned what I'm going to say. So. <laughs> We've had much longer than our discussions at any given time. I think that yeah. you can handle having a discussion. Yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, probably if we're looking for the most interesting topic, it would be me. Okay. Uh, That's why I brought you over. <laughs> Just, we want to know more about uh, Lee. Yeah. I uh, want to know Lee. Why'd your mom name you Lee Boy? Um, interesting story that involved alcohol. No. <laughs> you know I'm sharing this with your mom. Uh, my and mom. this is like the first two or three minutes of the podcast. Uh, I used to do that all the time, actually. I would... Uh, We'd have friends over, and especially when I started going to church, and I would tell people that, uh, yeah, you know, growing up was tough because uh, my mom sometimes would leave <laughs> leave me alone for weeks when she'd go on benders. <laughs> she gets so upset at me. Uh, uh, totally, is not true. But uh, every year I post on Facebook, it comes around. Is your memory that uh, I was part of this? I survived the spankings club, <laughs> the wooden spoon club. <laughs> and my mom gets mad every time, but she damn well hit me with a spoon more than I can yeah. count on one hand for sure. Unless I didn't deserve it, or it's not a good thing. But yeah, yeah she um, still doesn't admit she smacks me around with a spoon. <laughs> I've never hit my kids with a spoon, and if I did, I wouldn't say it on a podcast. Um, but my favorite memory um, of being spanked was uh, my mother told me one time, Lee, it's time to go to bed, and uh, and you should go to the bathroom. And I said, I don't have to. <laughs> Which, uh, I meant I don't need to. I, I now know that those word choices are pretty important. And so she gave me quite a... Uh, um, whooping, we'll call it an education because <laughs> it's 2019. Um, yeah, and so if I bring that up to this day, it still makes her cry. So that's pretty awesome, Helen. Uh, you're you're still a good person, even if you beat your kid for no reason. <laughs> you had to know that you deserve something. That when you said I don't have to, she was used to hearing that enough that she knew you had to do. She yeah. had to do something about yeah, it. No, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, grew up in New Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, small town. Uh, what's the name again? I don't know. Uh, I'll come to me. Go for it. See, um, not Woodstock. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I grew up in Centerville and a uh, small town of about 1,100 people. Um, we decided to make a move to Woodstock when we started our printing company and a uh, town of about 4,000, 4,500 people. So mm. once we gang proofed the kids, you know, we moved. Yeah, that's a hard go. Yeah. <laughs> moved him into the big city. You knew both gang members? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. And uh, I don't know. I'm stumped. Um, I yeah. thought you would be more interesting than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, I actually was going to uh, call everybody just to get them to show up about 10 minutes after we started and say, actually, this is, we're not doing a podcast. We're going to do an intervention. Oh, good. good. And uh, we could do an intervention. Yeah. Lee's not a drinker. No. Never done drugs, I think. I am a drinker now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Every morning you drink and drive. <laughs> it's okay. We're not doing that. Um yeah, I just started this year, so I uh, uh, drank fairly heavy as a teenager um, mm-hmm. out 
uh, you know, some parties and stuff like that. And then, uh, and then, uh, of course I converted to Christianity and, and, uh, um, so kind of steered away from that stuff at that point and then didn't start drinking again until, <laughs> until I discovered, uh, Bailey's in my coffee. <laughs> and, uh, so I've been enjoying Bailey's in my coffee and, uh, Taking, you know, Bailey's is the gateway drug, right? Oh, yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's just kind of the marijuana of the drinking world. That, that's it, yeah. You have a little Bailey's, well, this isn't bad. And then yeah. you have a shot of rum, and you're like, oh, that actually tastes pretty good. It's and, all downhill. Yeah, it's all downhill. You're going to become yeah. a blithering alcoholic in the next, I would say, six months. Yeah, well, yeah. A, I was surprised that I'd get that long in. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was going dog training. I think I told you the story. I was going dog training with my youngest daughter, and... And I get my coffee, and if you asked me, you know, randomly on the street, and I wasn't thinking, and you said, oh, do, uh, you know, do you drink? I would probably still say no, because I don't really th- think of that. <laughs> it's Bailey's. And it's it's Bailey's. not really it's alcohol. Not, <laughs> that's right. And, uh, but in the eyes of the law, maybe. Um, so I'm uh, going dog training with my, with my youngest daughter, and I'm leaving the house. And, uh, and I leave, and I drink my coffee, and I get back, and my wife says that, did you take that coffee with you? And I said, well, well yeah, it's in a travel mug. <laughs> and she says, well, you were drinking and driving. Uh, and I said, well, no, I was. Okay. Yeah, I guess I was <laughs> drinking and driving. So, yeah. so he drives a red Dodge, uh, 2019. If yeah. any of the police are listening and see him, yes. we got like 50 followers. So I'm guessing none of them are RCMP officers. I think you're pretty safe. Yeah. Well, and I called, of course, my, uh, my RCMP friend, uh, Jason, and I uh, said, asking for a friend. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's all good. He said you're allowed to? He gave me permission, a written note, so. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be there when you get pulled over. <laughs> it's on official RCMP stationery and everything. So yeah, if he could send you a text. Well, no, Constable no, no. Jason McCormick, <laughs> Moncton, New Brunswick. <laughs> Oh, I gotta now share uh, this with your mom and with Jason. Yeah, Actually, he follows us on Instagram. He likes our stuff all the time, oh, so he'll see awesome. it coming up. Well, and he'll be looking for a job there. Yeah, <laughs> Monday. So, yeah. so you you're you're almost like the most popular Airdrie guy for okay. all the photos taken of you. Oh, okay. Should yeah. you talk about your your obsession with um, dresses, women's clothes? Okay. Wearing like twelve year old girls. Halter tops. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have proof of it all. Yeah, Anyone that knows my social media has seen Lee in a, in a dress sometime. It, it's true. <laughs> and, and so my friend Chad, I refer to often as the paparazzi. Yeah, I'm good. I get the camera out and ready all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've lost a few weight loss challenges, uh, which put me in a dress. Yeah. And then, of course, the concern is... When you lose multiple weight loss challenges that involve wearing a dress, people start accusing you of liking it. <laughs> if you're even trying anymore, you just want to wear the dress. Yeah. So that's a yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. What about my basement? We we're doing our pressing, and you you threw on the girls' halter top. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> pressing some shirts for combat DNA, and and I mean you pre- to be fair, yeah, you pressed the first shirt, and it was this kid's yeah uh, hot pink maybe. Yeah, I think it was, it was, yeah. I don't know if it was hot pink, but it was it pink. Was pink. Yeah. yeah. Halter top, which evidently 
you were hoping that I would try on. <laughs> <laughs> I had the camera ready. <laughs> so, yeah. There might have been some history for me to... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I tend to like to see if I can fit into things. <laughs> so, oh, the rubber gloves. Yeah. I got to find those pictures to put up for this, yeah. too. This is... A, a, podcast is such a waste you know you yeah. you miss all the opportunity to see this great stuff that you could have on uh on camera people have to imagine well it. with the um youtube stuff we have going on as soon as i figure out the technology i'll be able to put pictures up as we're talking or if we have a mm-hmm. producer so i'll just preload all the pictures we need mm-hmm. and then as i talk about you in a dress or in a halter top oh, or then that, those could just be loaded up as we go and it's just we're a little bit technically handicapped yeah. I'm not quite uh, in a position to do that stuff yet. Okay, well, you, you'll get there. So I hope so. Random I question. Got, I got a 12-year-old that's helping me, so. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's a long ways ahead of both of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is. Uh, random question. Okay. Has anybody uh, uh, out loud uh, burped on your podcast yet? <laughs> yes. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to tell the story. Go for it. Um, uh, it was uh, Nikki Middleton, the the model that we had for oh, comedy. No, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> I'm not kidding you. So That's she awesome. um, uh, she came on the show, and before the show, I asked everyone what they want to drink, and she really couldn't come up with anything. I said, "I got these Evia pops, they're sugar free, yeah. and she's you know fitness model and yeah. good shape and all that." She goes, "Oh, I'll have one of those." So we get a couple out, and she uh, starts drinking them, and she's going a little harder, a little harder, and and uh, just in the middle of talking, I was like, "Bah!" It was a big burp. And then she looks me right in the eye. She goes, can you edit that out? And I go, I don't edit. <laughs> <laughs> and I never edited it out. So she actually burped out loud on the podcast. She beat me to it. I was, I was kind of hoping to do a first. Yeah. Um, um, has anyone ever sat across from you and, and slowly undressed? Uh, no. Okay. No, hang just on a Let's just change the camera view. No one needs to see that. <laughs> just we'll go wondering. back to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no undressing, no singing. Oh, you, you have a talent. <clears throat> I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, so, um, actually Lee's worn, uh, not just dresses, but a few pop cans from his talent. Yeah. I, uh, we used to work together in, uh, a spray foam truck and he would do something that would annoy the ever loving out of me. So I had a, I had like an armory of pop cans. So whenever you started whistling, I would just whip a pop can at you. Yeah. And. And these ones are full, so maybe we should give it some time in case I feel like I need That's, to whip a pop well, can. Well, I, I'm not going to do it because I honestly I've kind of reached the point where, unless I'm paid, yeah, you know. And other than the, but I if know, I tell you, you get twenty percent of all the money we make off of this podcast mm, and YouTube. That's tempting. Yeah, of course there. And is that on top of the seven hundred and fifty that I get for appearing on the? Podcast. I mean, I'm assuming you've done that with everybody else that's been the on the 750 show. bucks. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what we did. Nikki <laughs> yeah. got it. Everyone else got it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good, excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I am... can't talk my kid to coming on the show because he wants a thousand. Oh, <laughs> that's the generation. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm a professional whistler. Yeah, been doing that for uh, well since you and I started working together, <laughs> somewhere around that time. Yeah. Yeah, so you're welcome. You're not going to whistle? All this talking, you're going to leave? No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, 
I was trying to think when uh, you agreed to go on the podcast if we were going to do something serious. We could talk about dog training or church, and mm-hmm. uh, we get deep discussions about nearly yeah. anything. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. That just doesn't seem like our normal conversation, although yeah. we can. We could. So I thought we could. Well, the, my concern is with that, and I, I feel the same way, is that we've had some really deep conversations. Yeah. Once you start putting our deep conversations out there for a multitude of people to listen to, how right. many people are listening to your... Probably about 30. Okay. Yeah. So I'm concerned... I had I had one podcast that had 700 listens, That's, almost 800. Oh, yeah. See... I don't know that you've got that kind of... <laughs> maybe if you whistled. Um, well, no. I mean, evidently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I brought that out, then... You know, I'd be able to top Robin Black or anybody else that's been on the show. Uh, unfortunately, Robin Black is one of my lowest viewed. Ooh, that's wow. Yeah, not depend. I love Robin Black. I'd yeah. do it again, all over again. He was yeah. so much fun to hang out with. But uh, yeah. yeah, lowest views. You need to have him back on the show. Get him to. Uh, I, his I would like to have him back on the show. Maybe we should write that down as a hashtag so he hears. A, oh, that's talking a good, about it. Good idea. Hashtag Robin. Yeah. Black. I usually don't talk out loud as I'm writing. Yeah, on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, so my concern, once again, is that if we get into a, you know, a deep uh, conversation that we have sometimes, yeah. and that's exposed to uh, 700 people or even 30 or 40, yeah, that there's going to be some people in there that realize our deep conversations aren't... All that deep. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm... That's Maybe. Um, I'd like to hear your version of um, what we're going to do when we have uh, enough time um, uh, to get out there and videotape some of the stuff that we want to videotape. So my favorite one, well, there's two favorite ones that involve police officers. So we're friends with police officers. So yeah. this is totally fine. I'm sure yeah. they, they real all police could, officers, not made up ones. Like, yeah. yeah, like that guy and the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Lee dared me one time. We walked into a, a Tim Hortons and there was like, uh, three RCMP officers and I think two or three peace officers. Right. You shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say this. We're probably going to get ticketed. Uh, I don't know that that those people are listening. Okay. We're not, but if I get ticketed, I get ticketed. Okay. It's it's kind of part of the game. But it, it so what, you want to tell them what you what you challenged me to do? Well, I don't remember it the same way as you. Okay. I, I remember that there was somebody else there with us that cha- that challenged you to do that because I don't want to get ticketed. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody uh, had challenged you to. Um, Go up to this table of of uh, police officers, three or four RCMP and a couple of peace officers, yeah. and you were going to ask the peace officer um, uh, if he gets paid as much as a real uh, as a real <laughs> police officer. So I didn't do it. No, I couldn't afford the tickets back then. <laughs> right, I got a race since then, so I I might maybe when we. Go yeah. full time, yeah. We yeah. can we can maybe do that. Do you know a podcast that we should do? What's that? Let's okay. Let's redo the Lee and Chad uh, podcast okay. at Tim Hortons. Oh, actually, a friend of ours does it at Starbucks for all of his. Oh, does he? Yeah, uh, A on the two A Street. Okay, uh, Abe and Aaron they they do it at Starbucks wow. every time. Yeah. Wow, I thought that'd be awesome having people coming in and out of. Uh, Tim Hortons, and you can kind of grab them and pull them in. And Ooh, that'd be fun. I got so many ideas for podcasts that, uh, um, one, I wanted to interview street people and just get their story. Yeah. Like, how did you how'd you end up here? Are you okay being here? I worked in Vancouver's Chinatown as a security guard for a yeah. couple of years, and I got to meet lots of um, addicts and prostitutes and uh, street people, like, uh, and 
honestly, like some of the most fascinating people that you can imagine. Uh, there was an NHL hockey player down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you just name it. There's just great stories. Whether it's true or not, I have no idea. But phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal stories. Great people just in a different spot than what normal population think they should be. Yeah. That'd be a great podcast. Yeah, right, right on the street downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah, downtown yeah. Calgary, Find a place to sit down. Toronto. Well, I want to turn the uh, camping trailer into my podcast studio eventually, Ooh. and then I can take that anywhere and just park it and pull people in and um, do do a podcast with them. That's one of my ideas. Pull them in with permission. Mm, maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would make for some interesting podcasts. Sit down and talk. Yeah. <laughs> Grabbing kids off skateboards. Oh, maybe not kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like homeless people and, and uh, prostitutes and stuff like that. Okay, that's probably bad too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, you want to come into my trailer, lady? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah, that would go bad. That would go bad. There's so many ideas out there for podcasts, so. Yeah. Um, I was debating talking about uh, Picto. Uh, yeah. I have an idea. Even if we uh, if we end up moving out there, uh, is just to, to get let everyone know about the town, what the people do, and who yeah. they are, and their background. And uh, I'll definitely have a smaller pool to pull from because there's only three thousand people in that town, right. and I think all of Nova Scotia has only got. I don't know, maybe half a million, a couple hundred thousand. It's it's not very many. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the awesome things about internet and and uh, the podcast and all this stuff is you can you can be in a small place and have a have a terrific reach yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely um so let's talk about your dog training okay so what do you do i train dogs dogs (laughs) (laughs) um done that for 20 years now yeah um how did i get started i got started because growing up we always owned dogs. Yeah. They were stupid. Um, <laughs> and we always owned small dogs. And uh, I guess if I was to pinpoint a trigger that that uh, uh, moved me towards what's turned into a 20-year passion for me um, is we always had small dogs. I, I love the dogs that we had. Um, and then we got a German Shepherd puppy. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't stay home, man. The dog just, he just ran steady. And, and, and my my parents' uh, um, perception of that was that it wasn't a smart dog. And they ended up getting rid of the dog. And I was I was just heartbroken. And I just wasn't in a position as a kid to, to be able to train the dog. But I knew that it was just training that the dog needed. And so, yeah. so when I uh, was old enough to get out on my own, I knew that I would get a dog. And I did. When uh, uh, my wife and I got married, um, our first dog was a was a big Rottweiler. Nice. And uh, and right away I connected up with somebody and began to learn how to how to train dogs. And then uh, and then I've carried that journey on for for twenty years uh, or better to the point that now I'm I'm dog training with my fourteen year old daughter. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's really. And cool. uh, what sport are you guys in? It's a sport called Schutzen, which is uh, uh, now known as IPO. And, Why is it uh, called IPO? Uh, don't ask me. What's it stand for? Well, Schutzen, the, the sport that uh, I've always known it is kind of the interpretation from, from German would be working dog. Oh, okay. And, and so uh, the sport involves uh, uh, three different disciplines for the dog, um, uh, obedience, tracking, and protection or bite work. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I'm kind of new to that sport, 
and uh, um, and it's a different mindset from from uh, all the training that I've done in the past because uh, I've done a lot of work with people and their dogs actually worked with you and your dog. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Dumbest dog I ever trained. <laughs> <laughs> he does pretty good now. Everything comes over here loves my dog. <laughs> uh, he was awesome. He was he was he was fun to train and uh, um, normally we can teach a down command after <laughs> This is where I lost a little bit of faith. <laughs> you can normally teach that down command in one one session. You know, you, re, you repeat it twenty five times, and after you know, with a reward, uh, and then after that, the dog's just doing it on his own. And I don't know what what it was seven years or something after we started. <laughs> your dog's still looking at us with a cocked uh, head. <laughs> every once in a while, he'll still look at me like, "Really? You want me to go down?" <laughs> but he does. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Um, so yeah, we, uh, uh, all the training that I done in the past always had to do with, with taking a dog's energy and getting the dog to be settled and relaxed. Yeah. And now, uh, you've met my dogs. Yeah. Um, they're scary dogs. <laughs> well, no, your dogs aren't scary. Your dogs yeah. are pretty awesome. Yeah. Bijou is a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Schizophrenic. Is that the name? <laughs> I don't know what the, <laughs> the name is, yeah. but, uh, she's, she's. Intense. Yeah, she's intense. That's a good yeah. name. Um, Rambo, though, is just a phenomenal dog. Yeah. We babysit him all the time, and yeah. he's great around here. Yeah, he's got good energy. Um, you know, he has decent drives to do obedience in the sport. Um, uh, Bijou's drives are, are kind of through the roof. Yeah. And so if you <laughs> if you happen to be around and make the mistake of picking up one of her toys, and yeah, then, uh, she hits it like... You would imagine a wolf hitting a lame rabbit. Yeah. That's the way she hits it. Yeah. It's Every time. incredibly intense. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun working with working with working dogs. And then of course I mentioned it's it's been a really neat experience uh doing some training with my with my own daughter and uh she it's funny because we'll uh, go out to train and, and uh and we have got the two dogs with us and she works with the big one and I work with the little <laughs> one. Is Beach gonna get bigger? Uh, she'll get a little bit bigger. She won't get a ton. She's quite a bit smaller than Rambo. Yeah. He's big. He actually, um, for the working sport, he's too large for, uh, as a shepherd. Why too large? Uh, they like to see them a little more compact and it's just kind of the breed standard as, uh, things have kind of changed over the years. And it was interesting to me to see what they're, they're looking for in the size of the dog. And then the really neat one is they the color of their eyes like his eyes are very human yeah and kind of friendly looks at you like he wants to you know hang out for the day yeah and bijou's eyes are dark like she has no soul <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to describe it yeah. uh what, what's the name of uh, the lady that you train with her, her name isabelle yeah isabella, isabella. oxengenla and uh she has competed her dogs all all over, over the, the globe world. yeah and uh we i'd love for her to come on your uh I just friended her on Facebook today, actually. She just popped up in my feed. I'm like, oh, Isabella. And I got a, so I I friended her. I haven't said anything yet, but uh, I'll definitely invite her on here. She's an interesting lady. Her dogs, that's the point of me. Right. I went out to the field with you guys. uh, I don't know why. Maybe to look at your guys' uh, clubhouse or something. Yeah, yeah. We built our, our clubhouse in a shipping container, and, and you were out there checking that yeah. out. And, her, uh, she let her dogs out of the truck, yeah. and they fought. And it's playful, yeah. I think, to them. Yeah. But I'd never seen something more violent than those two dogs when they were doing right. to each other. It's like two it, wolves it's a, trying to kill themselves. In it's the... intense. Like, I just couldn't even believe, yeah. like, what? why wouldn't you put those dogs down? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, nobody's looking at them except for you and 
and uh, yeah. Yeah, they're tearing each other's throats out. No, I mean, they're not literally, but it sounds yeah. like it, and they're acting yeah. like it. Yeah, they, they, they look pretty vicious. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, so what's it take to get into the sport? What kind of dog do you have to have? Um, Can I get Roscoe in there? Everyone's heard Roscoe, by the way. He barks almost every podcast. Yeah, he, he sounds very scary when you play with him sometimes. So uh, Roscoe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. Um, the sport is typically dominated by German Shepherds. You'll see some Malinois. You'll see some of the bull line uh, uh, in there. But it's really a German Shepherd sport. Okay. And, He's uh, part German Shepherd. Well, then I would say he should qualify. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, it's been a, it's been a really, really good journey, um, uh, being involved in the, you know, with dogs, with dogs uh, in total. Yeah, a ton of fun. Yeah, and uh, you know, I had a dream once that, uh, that I'd love to be able to do it as a as a career. Yeah. And, uh, um, and there's a few different ways that you can do that, but uh, but nothing that's really uh, sparked in me that, that I'd like to, uh, spend my life doing. Of course, I've done a lot of training for other people, but I kind of feel like, um, if I get into that as a profession, that, it, that some of the passion would go. How, how do you do it as a profession? Just like sell the training, sell the, the club membership kind of thing? Yeah, for, for certain people, people have done really, really well, uh, uh, selling, selling packages where, uh, you'll go out and train for people or fix certain behavioral yeah. uh, issues and then uh, for them to have access to you to uh, to give you a call and say, ah, oh, things are... I thought you were just talking about Schutzen. Oh, no, no. Um, and there's people that make money at uh, at Schutzen as well uh, once they reach a certain level, you know, going it's around. It's got to be mostly in breeding though, wouldn't it? There's definitely definitely some money in breeding, but yeah, there's there's guys at a certain level that will go around and teach seminars, and 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 Isabella actually is, uh, who she's heading to New Brunswick right shortly, actually. Ooh, cool. Yeah, yep. To yeah. Uh, to teach a seminar, and uh, so yeah, when you when you reach a certain level there, you're you're in demand for sure. Yeah, it's almost like martial artists, right? If you're, Absolutely. you know, T.J. Dillashaw could get a job teaching anywhere people are going to pay him anything to have him come to the club and do something right? absolutely yeah absolutely, absolutely. That, that's a good topic why uh why haven't you been to ufc in like two years um i don't really like you and your friends <laughs> <laughs> most of what it is i think and uh um, no. Is it because you're drinking now? You're, you're <laughs> yeah. a closet drinker? <laughs> uh, you don't want to go out because the Baileys is too good? Well, no, I just find that, you know, when I'm drinking the Baileys, I'm an angry drunk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to come over here and pick uh, fights with all my friends? Yeah, I'm afraid of where it's going to go. Yeah, it was uh, funny because I've, I've watched UFC for my for my whole life, and I, and I used to get really annoyed when I was in... In New Brunswick, we had a friend that used to always show them, and then, uh, and then he'd say, "Oh, I can't, you know, I'm not available this month." And it, like, because I've, gee, I missed. Uh, I shouldn't say this. I missed two of my wife's birthdays and one anniversary because of <laughs> UFC. <laughs> I think technically and, uh, she fell asleep at one, so you snuck out. Well, that's yeah, that's exactly correct. She right. would give me a hard time and say, "You're going to leave on my birthday," and by nine thirty, she's asleep on the couch. And <laughs> UFC starting in a half an hour on the uh, East Coast. Out we go. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, life has gotten gotten busy, and that's kind of the interesting thing too with you. Uh, you know, we've been having some of these conversations, and and you've been looking at the at the East Coast, yeah, and the bit of the difference in the mentality between uh, 
between east and west. Yeah. And what's funny is, uh, you know, you and I both worked for a, for a construction company and and had the opportunity to see folks coming in from the east coast. And, and there, I think there's a, you know, we'll call it a stereotype, but I think one that's somewhat true is that folks that come from the east coast tend to be tend to be people that are willing to work. Yeah. Um, well, actually, that's a good uh, topic because I don't think that's true. So uh, when I was talking to the guy that's offering me to, to manage the hotel down there, he was telling me that he can't get workers down there. Wow. I think the ones that want to work leave and come out oh, here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think the ones that are there are typically not. the. I don't want to pigeonhole anybody, yeah. in, but they, they make better money on pogi um or ei or government assistance whatever it's called out there then yeah. they do having jobs you th- work for a couple 35 40 days and then you're allowed to get it for three or four months or something like that that's what he was telling me yeah there's some pockets i i think and it's probably that well i shouldn't say it's probably that way anywhere you know i mean it'd be a tough living out here living on living on unemployment and i don't so, think you could do it no no You'd starve to death well and we tend to we tend to stereotype areas you, you couldn't do it in calgary but if you get if you get three or four hours outside of the city into the middle of the True country, enough. go to Iracana or right. something like that. Yeah, or further out than than I think that you know you could do the similar stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of times the, the the East Coast we're getting you know farm boys, uh, yeah. uh, coming out and just a just a fantastic work ethic, and I always worked hard uh, when I was on the East Coast, but I played hard too. Yeah. And uh, and I find that. Uh, that in Alberta, this is kind of all I do is work. And uh, yeah, so. there's highly motivated people out here for sure. Yeah. That uh, I found that not when I first came out here. When I first came out here, I came from BC, and you tell I was drywall at the time. So when you tell everybody, uh, you go to the phone all the drywall companies, see if they got a house for you to tape, and um, they'd ask where you were from. And back then is when we're getting an overload of people coming to Alberta. Yeah. And as soon as I told them I was from BC, they're kind of like, oh. They just, they weren't impressed at all. Not that you should be impressed at them from BC, (laughs) but it was hard for me to even get a house to tape. Um, When I first came out here, I started realizing and had to stop telling people that I was from BC. Uh, They just had a really bad reputation. Pot smoking, hippie, fresh fruit eating. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) tree hugging, granola eating. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's what it was. And none of them were all that hard of workers, at least in drywall. And uh, so it took us forever to get in. We finally did get in, good company, Elktone, and kept us busy for like eight years after that. They were, uh, uh, took a chance on us, but... Yeah, the it wasn't Alberta. We were always hard workers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people that were here understand that you go through a couple of hardships, a couple of the yeah. Um, ep- yeah. economic downturns, right. and then you go through one of those. You're like, I'm not letting that happen again. Yeah, you start really busting your butt. Yeah, and unfortunately, I've I've talked to people who've been through that. Yeah, and who've said that. And and then it's happened again. And then it's happened again. It's we're so impacted uh, out here, and and everyone likes to say that uh, that you know we're a very independent economy anymore. We don't rely on the oil as much, and that's not true. I don't think that's it's true just, either. Uh, and it impact it ripples across the country, but it definitely affects this area um, really heavy. So when you get into drywall out here, you and your dad came out. Who was here first? Dad came first, and he's like. The money's really good. Come yeah. out, and yeah. um, it wasn't that busy out here yet. Um, he had got a couple of jobs, saw what they were paying, uh, but there were the jobs were a little bit few and far between. They were definitely keeping the local guys busy first. Yeah, and, and what kind of hours did you guys work? 
Uh, well, we took on whatever we could get. So yeah. my first job out here was, I'm trying to remember the name of the drywall company now. They might not even be around anymore, but it was uh, the Crossroads Hotel. They were renovating it. And uh, yeah. so when they peeled the old um, wallpaper off the walls, it, yeah. it would tear into the drywall. So we had to skim all the walls in so that they were good enough to paint again. Right. Um, and I was working, well, as long as it let me. And when they told me I had to leave the hotel, then I left. But it was just an hourly job. I think I got paid. 24, 25 bucks an hour, yeah. and I pushed 10, 12, 14 hours a day, whatever yeah, that let sure. me do. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a piecework mentality, right? If there's work there, you just keep going till you can't do it anymore. Yeah. And how long, how many years ago was that? I moved out here in 2000, 2001, April 2001. Right. Yeah. Right. So nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. And so 20 years later, yeah. you and I have both worked plenty of 50 and 60. Our weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most, yeah. Most of them. Like a lot of, yeah, yeah. That, that's not yeah. unheard of. Yeah, and so here, here's, a, a, here's a topic, a conversation that, that uh, I play over and over in my head. I've talked to you about, I've talked to, uh, to our friend Jason about, is this whole idea of work-life balance. And, and so it comes up again, you know, hearing you talk a little bit about the East Coast. Um, uh, it's a different... It's a different mentality, I find, for the most part, uh, back there, and even trying to struggle with that myself because um, I feel like I've spent a large percentage of my life uh, chasing the the pot of gold, yeah. uh, you know, at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. The damn rainbow keeps getting further and further, <laughs> further and further away. I've you know killed about six leprechauns now. <laughs> Got an Irish guy working for me. I'm suspicious of him. No. Um, but yeah, trying to trying to get through that work life balance where you know what, man, money makes things easier. Yeah. Um, but then at some point, uh, you know, you have to look at your life and say, sheesh, I missed out on a lot. Yeah. You know, I worked a lot of hours and uh, missed out on time with my kids. And uh, I have a family member on the East Coast who. He does okay for himself, but he's, he's, uh, you know, he's never been concerned about renovating his house, like, uh, to an extreme de de degree, right? You know, there's no decor, uh, there at all, and, and, uh, doesn't care about the outside of it, but, you know, he comes home every day and barbecues and, and, and hangs out with his family and, and, uh, and spends time. This, uh, yeah, so that's, uh. I think I have appreciation for those guys. Yeah. I don't think I could ever be that guy. Yeah. I, I just always worked hard. Yeah. Um, not always the stuff that I liked, but I've always worked hard. Well, and, and don't get me wrong. Um, uh, he's a mechanic. Yeah. One of the hardest working guys that I, that I know, and one of the best mechanics that I've, that I've ever met. Um, but uh, go to work, work hard during the day. And then, uh, and then, but, but, when he gets home, uh, it's his time until the next day. He doesn't think about anything else. And wow. I, I guess this is the curse of the you know, entrepreneurial spirit, right? Is, yeah. uh, is that you've always got something, uh, brewing in the background, brewing in the background. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, like, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I mean, there's definitely times where I was like, Oh, probably shouldn't have worked that yeah. day. Or, you know, maybe I should have taken a break before I got sick or, you know, there, there's always little things like that. But overall, I think the, 
the drive is a good thing. The, that mm-hmm. wanting to work. I got good kids. Yeah. I got a wife that loves me, that I love. Um, we do stuff together. We enjoy each other's company. But they also know who I am. That, right. you know, I'm always going to be doing, you know, if it's not a podcast, it's something else. Yeah. Or <laughs> it, yeah. just, it just is, right? Yeah. Running <clears throat> a ministry here in town giving away free uh, self-defense classes and yeah. stuff like that. That ate 20, 23, 24 hours a week yeah. Um, yeah. up. It, it it was time-consuming. did it for four years. Yeah. Um, uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. The, the family just knew that's, uh, that's what we were doing, and they have an appreciation for what I'm trying to do. They supported it. Yeah. Uh, no one ever came to me and was like, hey, could you not do that tonight? Because we they're just like, oh, this is what Chad's doing or what Dad's doing or Chad's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that I've ever had a complaint from the family about yeah. that part. I mean, I get complaints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but not about the working, the drive, the trying right. new things, nothing right. like that. I, I feel very blessed that my family's yeah. always supported me. I, I've got a similar story. You know, my, my family's uh, followed me through all the different adventures. And, and, uh, <laughs> all the good and, and the bad. All the good and the bad, the yeah. stuff that we've... Finding out their dad likes to wear dresses. Uh, yeah, you know, that was an, a tough time for my kids. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they followed me through all that type of stuff. And, and, and I don't, you know, other than, you know, the occasional, oh, it would have been nice to have you here tonight for this specific thing. Um, uh, no real complaints, but I, I really believe that that uh, everything in life is a trade-off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you, you can't have that hobby. Well, ugh. You know, what was a quote that I heard not very long ago is that anytime anybody ever achieved anything of greatness, their life wasn't in balance. Right. You know, and, and so we talk about my dog training. I, I love it. It's been a hobby and it's been a passion. But my friend Isabella, who I, I hope to get on the on the trade show, man, that lady just, you know, she understands the commitment that it takes to reach those top levels. And, right. And she's... She uh, was a professional bodybuilder or powerlifter. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and man, she speaks like five languages <laughs> and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, has got a, a master's degree in accounting and... Uh, I like peanuts, you know. <laughs> so, when I stand next to her, you know, it's like, wow, you know, like this this lady's really achieved a lot of stuff. But uh, do do you get inspired by people like her? I I a hundred percent get inspired by by people like her, and and uh, well, sometimes I'm inspired by myself. I you know, like I've worked really really yeah. hard and been able to achieve some stuff that I'm that I'm happy with, and and. Uh, and at the same time, I'm just very aware that everything in life is a trade-off. And and I remember, uh, you know, talking about the East Coast. I read a book uh, called the, the Don't Make Fun it's East Coast, but uh, <laughs> called the Cod Fathers. And right. it's kind of the take on on the God Fathers, but it was like the maritime business elite. Yeah. And it's really cool to uh, you know Sobies like that uh, come out of the the East Coast. This and, is and, for anyone in the states. It's a grocery store chain we have in Canada. Right. Don't pretend there's people from the states. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sorry. If, you're, if you're down the block close to Sobies, <laughs> it's a grocery chain across. <laughs> from your house uh <laughs> and <laughs> sorry oh that's okay uh, <laughs> that was awesome uh, and then there might be uh, one in the, uh, <laughs> 50 people listening there could be one or two in the states uh, could be yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone that is listening that is from the states make sure you say something on the next instagram post or uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah let us know what is sobeys uh mccain foods uh you know worldwide company come out of my hometown actually yeah 
And so to uh, Clearwater Foods, to, to uh, read about a bunch of these stories um, uh, is definitely inspiring. But as I read through that book, uh, one of the things that resonated with me was that every one of these, the, uh, Tim Hortons, I can't forget to, yeah. to mention that, Ron, Ron Joyce, uh, you know, I think was from Ontario and then settled back around Nova Scotia. Um, every one of those people made sacrifices and, and, and for some of them, you know, their family, yeah, uh, divorces, sickness. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, and so I think everything in life is, uh, is a trade-off. And now you see this swing, this pull as you, you look through YouTube and you see people that are, that are now buying these little campers and converting these, uh, uh, Volkswagen yeah. minivans and they found a way to make seven or $800 a month online. Yeah. And they're just traveling, you I know. know, just traveling and and seeing stuff. Yeah, it's and brilliant. So, well, and at the end of the day, like, who's going to look back on their on their on their life and their accomplishments differently, right? Is it yeah. the guy that ran, um, uh, you know, was a C CFO or or uh, a manager for uh, the McCain Food Group, and and he's worked sixty hours a week like you and I have, yeah, and has been able to spearhead some amazing projects and put some people to work, and those are all good things. And, and then there's the guy that spent twenty years driving around in a camper van, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right? And, and then and then the the thing that's a real kick in the pants sometimes is it's the guy that's that's working the corporate job who has this vision of retiring yeah. in a camper van traveling around the world. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> could have been doing it the whole could time. Could have been doing it the whole time. I uh, just recently listened to a podcast. Well, it wasn't that recently. Um, a couple months ago, uh, she was on Joe Rogan. Her name should come to me. But she was a lawyer out of Montreal. Okay. Uh, really, you know, doing well uh, financially, uh, working that 50, 60, 70-hour week like the, the, the long weeks that lawyers do and, and are required to do, try to make partner. And she just got tired of it and thought, I'd like to go, um, what is it called now? Um, you know when you dive deep with no air, uh, whatever that's called? Scuba diving? <laughs> no, no scuba. There's no, she, she doesn't take tanks. Dive deep with no, oh, oh, yeah, oh, so, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can't think of the name yeah. of it right now. But anyways, she goes, I just want to do that and spearfish. Wow. And so <laughs> she makes a living out of doing it now. So she's on Instagram. Man, I wish I could remember her name. I suck at remembering names. Yeah. Um, I'll try to tag her in this uh, um, when it does come to me. But uh, yeah, she decided I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to do this all over the world. Wow. And so she literally just takes her flippers and her spear fist, jumps in the ocean and swims to the bottom, kills something, brings it up and eats it, takes photographs, puts it on Instagram. Super cute lady. Yeah. Um, obviously very fit. You don't get to stand water for six or seven minutes if you're guys right. like us. Right. Well, <laughs> you specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, hold my breath for about 30 <laughs> seconds. I start panicking. <laughs> get me out. Get me uh, out. Help, help. Yeah. yeah um, it's funny though, even people that are that are doing that, and you look at that type of lifestyle, and she's swimming and spearing fish, and at the same time, it's it's that same driven personality that moved her to the top of of, of the corporate world. Right. I'm sure that's that's helped her do what she's doing now, right? Like yeah. the, the guy that has no motivation, and he yeah, well, it's, it's a fine lifestyle too, I guess. You know, living out of your uh, van and eating beans because you can't afford anything else, but yeah. like it it takes that. Uh, driven uh, mentality and a bit of an organized mindset to be able to turn something like that into uh, 
living. More and more, I've been thinking about this probably the last couple of years, that what what does actual success look like? And you look at someone like a Joe Rogan, which obviously I, I enjoy his stuff, his comedy, his podcasting, um, uh, being an MMA commentator, all things that I, I do podcasting, I'd love to do. If I could get a job as an MMA uh, commentator, I'd do that too. Right. Um, if I wasn't such a chicken shit to go on stage, I'd probably try mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> comedy at some Absolutely. point as well. Not that I think I'm a Joe Rogan by any means, but uh, is that success? And, you know, for lots of people, for Joe, for sure, it is success. But would I want to live in California and, and, uh, you know, the the problems that come with fame? I wouldn't want anything like that. Um, I think, you know, there's some massive challenges that he has because of his success. Not that I'm sure he doesn't regret any of it. So it's a balance, right? Success is being able to achieve the things that you want to achieve and and do the things that you want to do. And sometimes that means, well, I got to work a regular job so that I can do a podcast and, you know, Mm -hmm. I can go hiking and do all the stuff that I, that I like to do. Um, not, I don't want to say lucky. Joe Rogan's lucky, but it's not all luck. No. Like he's definitely a hardworking guy, right? Yeah, there's definitely something to being in the in the right place at the right time, and then at the same time, is uh, you can put somebody with no motivation in the right place at the right time, and nothing and happens. They'll still be sitting there after the opportunities <laughs> pass yeah. by them. But now we've been challenged recently, right? You and I both on on uh, on what does success mean? Because most of us uh, uh, will term it that way is what I've been able to achieve for myself. Yeah. And we've been challenged, uh, uh, lately to look at success as, uh, you know, what we're able to help somebody else with. Yeah. And, uh, successful or significant, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love that mindset. And I think they kind of go hand in hand. Um, we're, when you're successful, if you use it properly, you can be very significant. Um, if you're not, somewhat successful is very hard to be significant um you can Hmm. you can make people feel good you can be that best friend you can be the encourager but truly to be significant to really help as much people uh, and we learned this at uh, victory church when we were there um is is financially like nothing happens without finances um that if you are not somewhat financially successful you have less of a chance of being significant yeah i i think i can definitely see that and for sure some of the significance that i've been able to have in my life has been able to bless people with with finances and help mm-hmm. people out of certain situations and and uh, you know uh, but at the same time I do know that there's been people that have had influence in my life um, you know that were just able to speak a word yeah. and uh, and uh, people that were I've always been amazed by some people that seem to have the ability to completely set aside their schedule and, and whatever they had going on in the day just yeah. because I was standing in front of them. Yeah. Blows me away. <clears throat> and, and, and I'm, I'm impressed with that too. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as much that person as I want to be. Um man, I hate time. I'm 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 very time conscious. Uh um well, you know, and I know about you, about you. <laughs> both of us have threatened to leave our families because we weren't running on time. You know, I'm getting in the truck and I'm, yeah. and I'm leaving without you. <laughs> and my life has been really, um, uh, somewhat ruled by time. And most of us are, but yeah, I have a few people 
in my life that that I've been amazed and annoyed with sometimes at the same time that that we would be going somewhere we'd have something to do I know that we had a deadline and they would be uh encountered uh with somebody and they would just stop everything because yeah. they had a person standing in front of them I'm pretty impressed with that I am too I I <sighs> I don't think I'm that person. I think I can guarantee you're not <laughs> certified. We uh, at the, the church that we're at now, we did those personalities, and they they look mm-hmm. at all of your attributes and they kind of score. You know what what are some of your attributes or even um, what's it called your your giftings? Yeah. And I always score so low in compassion, <laughs> and it's not that I'm not a compassionate person because I'm I'm very compassionate for some things. Yeah. But if I'm not compassionate about, it, I just don't give a fiddler's far <laughs> so far down my list uh right now as you know i did a post on social media about um energy power yeah. um the more i read into this about our little town it's it's devastating it's disturbing uh over 1200 people uh or 1200 victims a year in Airdrie of domestic violence yeah. we have a yeah. population of i think just under 70,000 people yeah. and we have 12 Hundred incidents a year. Yeah, that is crazy. A hundred people a month. That's three a day. Yeah, yeah. I saw you shared that out on on Airdrie Dads, and and it was, Airdrie Dads is fantastic. Uh, a group of guys, but you know, I've seen people uh, uh, post a comedic comment that got you know two hundred and nine comments, and 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 your post didn't go very far. The uh, so I I check because it's not my organization. So yeah, anything right. that I'm doing, I'm running it by Crystal yeah. uh, Boys. Uh, she's the uh, founder and and uh, I want to say the leader. It's not the right word. Yeah. <laughs> of the of the organization, and I want to help them out as best as I can. So I'm trying to bring awareness. Uh, go after uh, some people I know that have money. And I thought I'd start locally. We talked about it, right? Like, let's yeah. put something out. And so I wrote that. Uh, it was a fairly long post um, talking about stats and what we can do and what the, the women and children need and, and what the men need. And I try to cover every aspect of what domestic violence is. Right. And uh, when I had shared it um, in um, uh, what's called Messenger with one of the admin, he kind of is like, oh, you know, you're going to catch a lot of flack for this. And I had shared it with Crystal. And mm-hmm. she goes, uh, you know you're going to get tore up for this. Like, you're going to tick a lot of people off. And I went, that's okay. I've got tough shoulders. And yeah. I don't give a shit about what most people yeah. think. So, um, you know, be mad at me. But be mad at the situation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a, I was very underwhelmed at the, the report. Like, that's fine. Get, get mad at me for what I said about men in there because uh, yeah. what I specifically said about men who abuse women is true. Um, they, they, they are cowardly people, and I'm not expecting them to come up against me, but they're also hurting people, right. and they need to get help as well. When I had Crystal on the, the podcast, we talked about that because – you know, if we got a hundred abused women um, in Airdrie every single month, how are we going to house a hundred women plus their children, right. um, and then help them get to that next level? It doesn't make sense just to build shelters. Right. How do we how do we support these men? How do we teach them a better way of life? How do we hold them accountable for what they're doing, and how do we help them build their families back up to where it should be? Um, you know, out of all the men that hit women in this town. Maybe one percent of them are psychotics, right. and they're just they need to go to jail, and that's it. Yeah. I'm guessing the rest of them are hurting so bad from um, 
past abuse or from losing jobs or from being, you know, financially stressed. I mean, there's a thousand things. Not that I'm making excuses for what they did. What they did was absolutely wrong. It needs to change. But they still need support. How do you, how do you turn your back on somebody? Well, they're just they're gonna go. You're, you're just driving them deeper into a hole, so they end up doing that same thing again. Well, and it's a chain, and it's a chain reaction. That's one of the things that concerns me uh, <clears throat> the, the most. Uh, and also being a dad of 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 daughters, right? Yeah, is uh, um, I don't think is in my nature to to want to. Abuse, but and at the same time, there's probably no man that's ever been married for any length of time that <laughs> <laughs> hasn't thought about. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, we shouldn't make light of this, but no, uh, but we've all been there no, where we're listen, very very my, angry. My wife probably thinks of uh, you know maybe not abusing but murdering uh, you know, <laughs> once every couple of years or something for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I get frustration and 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 anger, and I don't think I've ever been the type of person to want to. Uh, to act on that but he, uh, even if i was you know i i would just as a as a dad of daughters i really look at that and say man like whatever i'm going to role model in my house is going to be what they find acceptable yeah and uh so man i don't know, maybe that should be a separate organization her support group on its own is 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 dads of daughters, yeah. but they definitely uh, uh, should be looking at things differently. When you realize that that uh, whatever I'm going to role model here, uh, uh, I could be continuing this chain on and on. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. We we have a group that we meet uh, uh, four or five families uh, every Thursday. Me yeah. and uh, you and our families are part of. And that was one of the things we talked about recently. It was about being the parents of teenagers and what that means. And and I kind of thought, um, and I think I stole this from Doctor Phil. Um, yeah. <laughs> last, he did a great. How's that working for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did a, a great podcast on the Joe Rogan uh, yeah. experience. It yeah. was he was phenomenal on yeah, it. I saw that. Um, but what I've always want, thought about was that I need to turn my boy into a good man right. and I need to show my daughter what a good man is. Yeah. And that's our dynamic because of uh, having a boy and a girl. And it's, you know, sort of your dynamic. You have to show the kids what a good man, yeah. um, what your daughters, what a good man is Absolutely. so that that's what they marry. That's what they search for. We we all been told and hate the fact that we marry our moms or we marry yeah. our dads, yeah. right? That that's that's who we are, and hopefully we're not stuck in that that same hole. That they're them plus something yeah, else. Right. But yeah, that's you know at the very least, I want um, to be the very minimum that my daughter gets. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's funny because when I was getting ready to come over here tonight, I thought. Um, how are you and I going to be able to sit for a couple hours and talk and not have it come around to our kids? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're a big part of our lives. As yeah. as hard as we work and all the extra ventures we do, that they're always they're yeah. always part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are we done? No, we're not okay. done. You got at least six more minutes to make uh, the hour mark. <laughs> all right. Am let's I go. boring? Let's you? ramp this up, baby. <laughs> let's get this going. Okay. <laughs> all right, you're on now. We're just going to stand here. And I'm just going to stare at you, and you can Ooh. talk for the next six minutes. Um, staring contest? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do armpit farts for, okay. the, for the last. <laughs> Let me go back to you now on the camera. There you uh, go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I taught that to my nephews. My sister uh, 
hated me for that because uh, I taught it to him when he was six. I don't think he outgrew it till he was 23. So. <laughs> uh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> um, six minutes, eh? Six minutes. See, now I know you're bored and you don't want to be here anymore. I'm yeah. having a tough time filling six minutes. I yeah. normally do an hour and a half like with no issue at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's harder when you're sitting at the table in front of these microphones because normally if I'm here watching the fights and I get bored of you, yeah. I say, I'm going to use the washroom. I just go home. <laughs> <laughs> no one notices me missing. Well, it, that only happens if you don't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Mid conversation. Oh, uh, can I tell that story? No, let's not go there. It's a good story. It is a good story. Okay, I'm going to tell that story. Oh, okay. So, uh, my dog smashed it into the table. Oh, okay. the, um, get a dog trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Roscoe, on your bed. So you can listen. Oh, you listen. That's amazing. <laughs> the uh so our company that we work for has treated us pretty well over the years. Yeah. As mad as we've gotten at them, they've actually treated us really well. Yeah. Uh so we did a job for I can't remember the name of the rafting company. Mm, I forget too. Out in so West Coast uh, Rafting or mm. I don't know. Longview, out in Longview, It right? was out in Longview, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, great company. If I thought of the name, we could give them a shout uh, out. Shoot. <laughs> I just can't remember, Jack. Google search them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, it was a big day. It was like an eight, nine hour raft. Yeah. Uh, we stopped for lunch. We did some upriver stuff. Jumped in the river, floated down without the boat. Like We did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I picked up uh, Lee and his wife, Tammy, and my wife, and we drove down there, did the whole day, and then I was driving back. Lee was in the backseat with his wife telling... I was tired. <laughs> telling his story. Uh, I don't even remember what the story was about, but it's, yeah. the only reason I remember this story so good was like in the middle of your sentence, right. you just went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was it called narcolepsy. Uh, um, and I looked in the mirror, in the rearview mirror, and I'm like, <laughs> did he die? Can someone poke him? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, was, I mean, I, you know what? Like, I kept my whole boat crew safe that day. <laughs> so I had to work extra you, hard. You rode on the hard yeah, side of the I boat. Rode on the hard side. You know, even the guide was like, man, thank God I had Lee there. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to the guide who did manage to keep my wife in the boat. That was awesome. She uh, uh-huh. hit a little rapid and she was about nine feet in the air. He just reached up and grabbed her by the back and set her back in her seat. And I so, want to know why they're all from Australia. Yeah. Every single river rafting guy, I've done it three times now, yeah. and every single time it's been an Australian that's uh, manning the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Something about taming kangaroos and boating <laughs> and <I'm not> sure. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Okay, we should make fun of Australians. They're way tougher than Canadians. <laughs> I, yeah, we don't have any of this working for us right now, so I thought mm, that'd be okay. Did we ever? I had Aussies in drywall lots. There's yeah. a lot of them that do drywall. Yeah, don't think we have any working for us now. No, we have an Irishman. Yeah. Right from Ireland. Isn't that where most of them come from? Well, no. Some of them born in Canada. Oh, okay. I'm part Irish. <laughs> yeah. Are you part Irish? Mm, no. Well, that area, like yeah. not actually in Ireland. I did the, what's uh, called Ancestry dossier, yeah. spit in a cup. It keeps yeah. changing, eh? What? So as more people put their DNA in, they get a better view of it, and so they can go, oh, now you're related to people from this area. Mm. They've got it. Um, and Joe Rogan was just talking about this today. I don't know if he was joking or if it was true, but they can tell how much 
Neanderthal is in your family or if your family comes from Neanderthals. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, said 57%, which I think wasn't true, but they can take it that far back now, which is typically uh, European white uh, Caucasian people that we come from Neanderthals, which, yeah. Yeah, I've I've always, uh, I'm skeptical about some of that stuff. I think you and I should... Is it because it's science? uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think that we should... No, it's not because it's scientists. As a guy who's one of my my roles, don't make fun of that. (laughs) I have many roles. Keep Uh, your chin up. No, the other one. (laughs) (laughs) One of my roles is uh, uh, I do marketing Mm -hmm. for the group of companies that we work for and and so it's not the science side of that that scares me. It's the it's the marketing. Oh, and, sure, uh, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think that we should create a website called MightBeRelatedTo.com. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just ask them to send us a hair in an envelope, and then we'll just make up a bunch of stuff about who they uh, are and uh, where they're from. And <laughs> that would be great. Hair has to come from the top of your toe. <laughs> Be just nothing but Italian men setting their stuff in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do a. We'll oh, do a we should really try that and just do it for like five dollars. Send yeah. it, and we'll write something up for you. How many hundreds of thousands do you think we'll get? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> no one pay attention to what we <laughs> yeah, were just, what we just said. Might be related to dot com. Uh, uh, you got to look that up. Get your phone out and see if uh, see if that's an actual website to, out there. I'm pretty sure it hasn't. Might. Been. Be related to what was the name of the website? <laughs> www.what? Might be related to dot com. Might be related to. Oh, that's going to be a. Is it two O's and two dot com? Yeah. Okay. That's going to be an amazing website. <laughs> uh, well, I used oh, to see how much these fun would that be? ads come up in the newspaper all the time for working out west, which, you know, it's true. There's good jobs and stuff like that. And I always thought to myself, and that's been a long time ago. I wonder if I could just do um, uh, New Brunswick jobs uh, <laughs> and everybody send me $7 and I'd send them a pamphlet that had uh, two you know, jobs available <laughs> at New Brunswick. The convenience store on Main Street or the or a dog walker. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, we have be... too many hair schemed, hair brained yeah. ideas. I don't know if we. Uh, that's probably, we talk about this too. That's probably why we're not rich. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Just you can't you can't reward the thoughts that come to our heads. No, the 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 bad behavior that would come along with that. Yeah, but I think this oh, one's we, a winner. We started the which one? Uh, might be related to. Might be related to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I'm in on that one. We're we're buying the domain as soon as yeah. this is done. Yeah, tag Joe Rogan in. I'd like him to be our first customer. <laughs> <laughs> Send us a hundred thousand dollars, and we'll tell you all your uh, relatives. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, we kind of got away from it, but uh, yeah. one of the other videos we wanted to do, uh, do you remember this one about me punching you out in front of a police officer? Mm, I don't know. It doesn't sound appealing. Uh, so continue. We, we, we talked about finding the oh, most obese yeah. police officer we could Yeah, uh, in Canada, not the States, yeah. because down the States, pretty sure they don't have to run. They just shoot. No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to get <laughs> shot. <laughs> Um, and then what I was going to do was I was going to punch you yeah. in front of this police officer. Right. And then when you yell, help me, please start get running. that guy. Start I'll, start, I'll start running. And I'm just running fast enough 
that he can't get his hands on me, yeah. but not so far ahead that he think he can't get me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just see, see see how see, many kilometers see. you can tag him along for. The I, we told this to a police officer friend of ours, and uh, he said, "Make sure you're out of taser range." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how long those go. Maybe 10, 15 feet. Yeah. So yeah, that would. I, you guys would have to be like in my ear as I'm running, telling me what he's doing, right. so I don't get tased. Right. And then we just. Get away. Absolutely. Away. Put the film up under some false name on, on YouTube. Well, I have a... It's funny because I have a friend of mine who who was in policing for, I don't know, 30 years or more. And and uh, all these different types of force have really come into question, the the, the, the taser specifically. Yeah. You know, people have had, had heart attacks. And, and, uh, and uh, he said... To me, to be honest with you, I have a I have a hard time uh, not chuckling a bit at how people are are concerned about the taser. And he said, I specifically remember early in my career running behind somebody and uh, striking them across the head with one of the oh. batons. <laughs> he said, the sound that the, the sound that that made, uh, oh. you know. And now we're talking about well, you better be careful tasing people because maybe one out of Whatever I don't know ten thousand twenty I don't know I don't know it's got to yeah. be a small number it's got to be a small number yeah. you know react to that I would like to get tased just to know what it's like I would uh, we should do that on one of your podcasts I'll do it for you if I, yeah. yeah do you have a taser I can <gasps> make one can we no I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be two wires and a and hundred and twenty volt socket uh, come here Chad um, I wonder if Jason can fire his without telling anybody. Hmm, that's a really good question. Just Shane, I should ask Shane. Yeah, I wonder if I can get tased. Yeah, we should find out. We should do it for. Ch- <gasps> Let's do it as a charity. Yeah, that's a great idea to build. I'm, I'm to- trying to think of things to do for energy power. Yeah. So one was a. Yeah. Uh, no, that's um, what I'm thinking. One was a 24 hour relay, yeah. and so you get sponsors to sponsor you. For how many laps you can do around Genesis Place outside track in 24 hours. So you get $5 yeah. a lap, whatever. Do a couple hundred laps and, you know, make some money. 25 cents a lap, whatever it is. Yeah. I thought that was a good idea. Um, doing, uh, I thought if it was winter time, you do like a 30-day outdoor camp. Like, uh, let's, you know, if I hit $50,000, you can get me off a roof. And I stay on a roof in the wintertime in a tent until... Um, uh, we raised the fifty thousand dollars or whatever the number is. How about fifty thousand dollars to leave you up on a roof? Well, more <laughs> people to pay into that. Um, oh, we could do it with that. I could just do all my podcasts up there too. Just have people oh, come up every day and that's a good idea. Uh, do that. So that that's two of my ideas: outdoor concerts, all the basic, yeah. you know, car washes and but stuff tasing, like that. Man, we could raise money for. I wonder how many people would want to see me tased. I would. <laughs> how, much, how much would you pay? I'd spend a hundred, two hundred bucks on that all bucks. day long. And you mentioned raising money, running track. Oh. I'd spend three fifty if they tase you while you were running. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'll tell you what we were doing. Uh, a friend of ours, um, Jamie Shand, ran this charity. And he had a big party at his house, and he would sell tickets to all of his friends. And he would bring in, like, stuff for the kids and people to uh, barbecue for everybody. And then he had a dunk tank. Yeah. And uh, he also bought all the booze for everybody. It was mm. it was a big... Sounds like a bad idea. Well, he he raised, like, it was a fair amount of money, like 
$30,000 or $40,000 for some kid's hockey charity. Yeah. He, he did a really good job. Um, but the year that I knew him and I was working for him, he says, hey, Chad, do you mind coming and, and being part, helping us out? And, and so I bought tickets and we went and uh, there was a dunk tank there and I had a few drinks in me and sometimes I get obnoxious when I'm yeah. drinking. And uh, Just so, when you're drinking? Um, <laughs> mostly when I'm drinking. <laughs> okay. So he says, hey, Chad, do you want to go in the dunk tank? And I thought, yeah, I could go in there. And then every time someone threw a ball, I would just like heckle them so hard. Nice. And then the next thing you know, they're like buying three more balls and then All four right. more balls until they dunked me. And then I would start calling people out because the more I sat in the dunk tank, the more beer they kept feeding me. So I, yeah. And he had never had so much money raised in a dunk tank. So that might be a way to get me tased is that – um, instead of a dunk tank, I'm in a in a uh, like a cage, like a dunk tank. Yeah. Except every time the ball hits the target, the taser comes around and smacks me again. Mm, I kind of <laughs> like the idea of using the dunk tank. So we take down the glass <laughs> and just whip and, balls. And, and, no, it just tase you, and then oh. you, you drop into the water. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Think that would work as well. Man, I can. I wonder how much rum I have to drink to be obnoxious <laughs> now. <laughs> Not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, yeah, no, we should look into that. Like, yeah, you should. We should talk to Shane and see if, uh, if see we if can. we could do a fundraiser where you get tased. I wonder if I could make a world record for the person that was tased the most times. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, there's oh, a. That's what I'm looking up. There's a lot world of world record. Yeah, it's it's not even it's not even a recorded record, but I bet you you'll find one of these little towns downstate somewhere where where there's a guy that's getting tased every weekend for the past 15 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Do they record that? And how many? Uh, probably not. Yeah. And would they record every single one? Like you might just drive by and taste uh, someone like, hey, I'm unhappy today. My wife didn't uh, uh, didn't talk to me very nice, so I'm just going to go taste Joe. Out the window. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. You made the hour. You did okay. your uh, your time. Awesome. Uh, you, well, I'm not going to ask you for your social media because I'm going to post your social media. Okay. And then uh, it's got all the pictures of Lee and address. Um, videos of Lee in a dress. Uh, what else does it have you doing? Mm, the rubber glove on my head. Yeah. Um, whistling. Buy, whistling, buying cupcakes at the avenue while Whisp- I was on a diet. Diet. Uh, uh, there was a really good one. Oh, the uh, brain freeze. Oh, yeah. You guys got to go check out the brain freeze video. Yeah, <laughs> it's brain freaking brain. hilarious. Brain. Yeah, I'm yeah. Pretty, what was the last one? What was the last one that I... That I done, or was it, um, was it your wife or Kurt's wife that said that they were, they would uh, turn that video on every day when they were feeling sad. Oh, eating the uh, your oh, <laughs> your yeah. sister in law had her. snuck uh, ghost pepper chips yeah. into a Dorito bag, yeah. and uh, you guys have to check out that video because Lee thinks mayonnaise is spicy for real. Well, no, I'm not quite. You, sure was, you know. Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> is there an onion in there? So, yeah, he, he's not good with spice. And then, uh, so he reaches into a Dorito bag, which, by the way, he's supposed to be on a diet right now, too. <laughs> and uh, grabs a handful. Those were low-fat Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely, Doritos. but uh, uh, he grabs a handful of ghost pepper chips yeah. and sticks a couple in his mouth. And the look on his face is, yeah. it will make your day. Every day, it's hilarious. <laughs> it was. I'll post it on our Instagram page. Uh, plus, I'll post your social media stuff on there. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, I'll else? allow you to post it if you help me come up with something to get back at my wife's sister. Oh, okay. Can we film it? Yeah. We should go. Yeah, we'll come up with something. Yeah. Okay. Last question for you before we leave. Okay. Um, uh, pick any two sports that you could combine without one of them being fighting. Mm, golf and football. Golf and football. What would that look like? So uh, there'll be a lineup of guys when you're at the tee box, and you only have a certain amount of time. So from the time your feet get set, and then those guys are coming to hit you, Mm. and you got to get the ball out before they get their hands on you. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I was thinking (laughs) basketball and ballet. Yeah, so every time they blow the whistle. Ballet's not a sport. What? Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) There's not even a ball in basketball. (laughs) What? There's no ball. <laughs> There's no ball in ballet. Uh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. You gotta come up with something better. All right. I'm keeping you here. Cameras on you. Everyone's looking. Okay. Combine two sports together. Um. Okay. What's the one Look where? Look at the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's say um, baseball. Oh, and, and scuba diving. i'm gonna go with that all right cool cool all right everybody thank you for listening it's chad this is i want to know because i want to know my buddy lee boy russell lockhart joined me today and uh that's it thank you for listening please share the podcast with everybody you know everybody how do i shut this off now